Hello, everyone, and welcome to Team Titans. This is Adaptivist's in-depth interview show devoted to the stories of people with unique perspectives on work itself, leading teams, building tools, and defining, maybe even destroying a process. I'm your host, Ryan Spilkin, and joining me on co-hosting duties today is the fantastic Elena Francis. Hi, Elena. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. No problem. My pleasure. Before I introduce our guest, I've got to ask Elena, if you were... I don't know how many jobs you've had in the past, but um, if you were asked to be on a podcast from one of your former employers, would you say, would you be like, yeah, sure, cool, that'd be fun? As you can imagine, it really would depend on the employer. I've worked at some places where the company culture's been good, but there were other things that weren't so great. And I worked at other places where my colleagues were great, but the company culture was terrible. So it really would depend on the employer. And yeah, I've had quite a few jobs. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we'll have to explore that in a in a meeting some other time. But uh, <laughs> now we have the unique situation of interviewing a former colleague of ours. And that brings us to this episode's guest. And I'm very proud to welcome to Team Titans, Andy Brill, the Director of Business Development and the Director of Channel at Gliffy. Andy, welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Elena. I am so excited. So happy to be here. It is really wonderful to see you, Andy. But you know, the last time I saw you, you were in Adaptivist Orange. Now you're over there in this in this glyphy color. What's going on with that, man? I should have worn my Adaptivist Orange shirt that I've had for years. I know no one could see me wearing it, but I should have worn it just for old time's sake. But no, this I worked at Adaptivist. I know we're gonna get into for four and a half years. So I have a lot of Adaptivist t-shirts, a lot of orange apparel that that uh, that I do rock once in a while on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, That's awesome. Elena, did you know that Andy's a bit of a celebrity? I have heard a thing or two. Now, so so for our listeners who don't know Mr. Brill, Andy, you have been in movies and in television. Now, I know that's stretching it a bit, but stretch it a little, little bit i think first we can get to the uh to the big one my wife and i we did an episode of hgtv's house hunters uh five years ago when we bought our first home uh we're actually still living in that home um if you've never seen the show they basically take a person or a couple around to a couple different houses and then you kind of go through them review it and then at the end of the show you pick the house so it's a little kind of fun reality show. My wife always loved the show. So that was a big surprise to her. And I was like, Hey, guess what? We're going to be on the show. She was a little freaked out. <laughs> I got to admit, you know, I, I was a little freaked out as well. Um, I've, you know, never done a reality show before. So it was an awesome experience. Um, people can watch it. I think it's still available on Hulu. It was on YouTube for a while. Um, obviously it gets taken down once in a while due to rights and so forth. But uh, it was obviously a lot of fun to do. A lot of people watch the episode and obviously make fun of me for my really bad acting skills and other things that I said in the show that were pretty funny. <laughs> and then on the on the movie side, I was an extra in some movies uh, during college. One movie was Public Enemies with um, Johnny Depp and Christian Bale. Wow. It was about John Dillinger, the bank robber. And why I was an extra in it is they actually filmed one of the scenes in Milwaukee where I grew up and went to school. They filmed one of the scenes in one of the banks that Dillinger actually robbed almost 100 years ago. So it was really cool for me to know that, you know, a lot of people watch a movie and they're like, oh, it's just a random movie set for that movie in particular. They actually went to some of the banks that Dillinger robbed. Um, I'm short. I'm about five, six with shoes on on a good day. And they wanted short people uh, because obviously 100 years ago, people were a lot shorter. So I was, uh, I knew going in, I was like, oh, I'm going to get this role. I, I, it was a non-speaking role. 
um, Depp, actually, you can't see me in the film, but I can assure you I'm being robbed in one of the scenes. It's like really fast, so you can't, my back's to Depp, unfortunately. So that's my, uh, that's the extent of my, uh, you know, IMDb movie career is being robbed uh, with a fake gun by Johnny Depp at, uh, <laughs> at a bank in Milwaukee. <laughs> um, Alan, our um our Kevin Bacon numbers have just gone up so considerably, you know. <laughs> Amazing story. Amazing story. So Andy, you mentioned that you've worked at Adaptivist for like four and a half, almost five years. Uh how did you get into tech in the first place? Yeah, so my career arc is a little bit weird, but I don't think that weird compared to others. So I graduated from college, February 2008. I went right into construction sales, which looking back on it was a horrible time getting right into housing in February of 2008. Um, by September of 2008, everything was seemingly melting down. Um, everything in housing was seemingly falling apart. I remember asking my boss at the time, hey, have you ever, have you ever seen this? Have you ever experienced something like this before? His answers were always terrifying in terms of saying no, or I can't believe this is happening. And I remember thinking like, wow, I graduated at the wrong time and I'm in the wrong field, uh, you know, wrong place, wrong time. So from there, I was able to, to, to make it out. You know, I worked at the same company for over seven years, um, carrier HVAC. So for heating and cooling a home or a building, essentially that's what I sold for seven years. After that, I went into construction software for a company called Bluebeam. I worked there for two and a half years, and then I found my way to Adaptivist for four and a half years. So I went from selling construction equipment to selling construction software to selling software. So that was kind of my career arc and kind of kind of how that makes sense in a way. I think a lot of people can relate to starting off in the field, kind of moving on to something else closely related to that field, but then making kind of another transition in their career. So I know it sounds weird to go from construction to software, but there was kind of a link there with construction software in between. Was it quite a adjustment going from a traditional industry like construction to something that's, you know, move fast and break things and disruptive like tech? Yes, it was a huge jump for a lot of reasons, but mostly, honestly, the, the fashion and what you wear, you know, I would have to go out to job sites once in a while. Um, you know, it was, it was loud, or, you know, it was hot, you go up on a roof, you know, things like that. Then, you know, once you're kind of selling, you know, software, selling tech, um, for the most part, you're usually kind of in a, uh, in a building or an air conditioned you know, <laughs> uh, um, office, and uh, it's a lot easier, a lot less noisy. Um, so yeah, it, you know, just just from that parameters, right, was was a pretty big jump. And obviously the people you talk to, you know, being on a construction site, I don't want to bring up any bad memories for people listening who had like a home renovation that took forever, you know, but construction was like that, you know, it was, it was fast paced, any delay caused a horrible chain reaction, right, to the whole project. I'm not saying that software doesn't do that. Um, but yeah, with construction, it was, hey, you want to get this thing built as, as fast as you can. Uh, people want to get in, people want to move in, um, people don't want to hear excuses. It was a... Uh, it's a tough industry. It's a fun industry that a lot of people enjoy. Um, but for me, moving over the tech was a little bit more laid back, uh, a little bit more, um, for me, uh, interesting to see something new just get created, you know, every other month, it seemed like, and just piggyback on, you know, previous technology is for me always a fascinating thing. Not that construction isn't, but, you know, we've been building homes and bridges and buildings for, you know, hundreds and thousands of years, right? Um, 
and it, it it's changed a lot, but not as fast as what you know. Looking at what Atlassian has done, or you know, using Slack every day. Obviously, with Gliffy, who I'm with now for ten years, it's 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 come a long way in a very short amount of time. Uh, yeah, there's no such thing as an agile building yet, is there? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> so obviously, you were at Adaptivist for four plus years. Um, could you tell us the three things you love most about your time at Adaptivist? Yeah, so the the thing that I, I love the most and I miss the most is for years we used to have a holiday party where Simon, the CEO, would fly everyone out to London. And for me, that was awesome to physically just actually meet people. You know, I would be working remote for at Adaptivist, right? Pretty much every day. So to actually physically fly to England, party, uh, drink with everyone, that was an awesome time. I got to obviously meet Ryan, hang out with him, have some drinks with him. That was the most fun I had. I'd always look forward to that trip, right? The second thing is probably just the people in general um, at Adaptivist. It's a worldwide company. A lot of people with a lot of different backgrounds. People like myself, but there's totally different backgrounds starting off in construction sales, right? And then the third thing was that I got to work from home for the first time ever. You know, I I had never worked totally, you know, from home before. Uh, it was a new experience for me. It kind of led me to to what I do now at Gliffy at my current job, you know, working from home. Uh, it was there were some growing pains in between. Like I I had always been either working in an office or on a job site, you know, for my entire career, almost 10 years prior to joining Adaptivist. So it was a pretty big stretch, honestly, for me in the beginning. I honestly thought, like, you know, can I even do this? It was kind of weird to never actually physically see people and to use Zoom before, you know. A lot of people were using Zoom for their work primarily. So those would be the three things is partying in London, uh, the people, and then, you know, actually working from home full time. The adaptivist parties are legendary. They are very legendary parties, as any attendee will tell you very enthusiastically. <laughs> Look, all I know is that I still owe Andy a game of Connect Four. We're still waiting on the rematch. Uh, you know, the parties got out of hand and I, I have... Uh, definitely lost a few games to Andy. Um, Andy, I have found, I have found with a lot of our, our folks coming in now that there is a learning curve to this, to, to being at a company where you can work remote. It's one of the big things we have to, and especially as Americans. So Elena is, is in the UK, but um, as Americans shedding that 10 years was not an easy, it wasn't an easy journey for me. My, my career path that led me to Adaptivist, getting over the fact that on Monday I wasn't necessarily going anywhere and that I was trusted to be productive uh, 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 you know, thousands of miles from the home base, that took a significant amount of time of adjustment. Outside of going through that experience and, and uh, acclimating to the world of remote work long before everyone else had to, and I'm very... Uh, proud to say that Adaptivist was using Zoom before it was cool. Uh, what is another major lesson that you took from your time with us? One of the big things is to work with different departments. You know, a lot of times you become siloed into if you're in the sales department, you only work with salespeople, or sometimes you work with finance, sometimes marketing. You know, for me, working at Adaptivist, it kind of showed me how important it was to really reach out, talk to people from every department in the company, right? Don't silo yourself off. Don't only, you know, concern yourself with your sales team, for example, um, move and and not move, but move yourself to, you know, hey, I need to talk to someone in accounting, finance, marketing, product development, 
that is how I learned more about the software. That is how I learned more about Adaptivist products is actually talking to people who actually built Script Runner, for example. Because um, when I joined, I didn't know what these products did, why they were important, why people bought them. You know, in sales, you can look pretty smart selling a product. But the truth of it is that people don't want to admit to is sometimes you sell products that you have no idea what they do, or you have no idea what the differentiator is, what the competition does, like why people actually physically buy the product. So I would just tell people to, to reach out to different departments, see what people do for a living. I know you don't want to get into the kind of awkward kind of office space, you know, question. So what do you do here? <laughs> you know, with those two guys are interviewing people. Um, I know it, it's sometimes awkward to ask people like, so what do you do here? But it, it's true. I mean, you know, a, a company is made up of so many different departments, divisions, you know, people that do so many different roles. And it's important to see, you know, how those roles, they all affect the company and they all affect you, right? So Adaptivist, it was for me getting back to, you know, meeting people in London, you know, to see what, what department they're in, you know, where they actually physically lived. I always, you know, I'm biased. I'm, I live in California. So I was always geared to meeting people like me lived on the West Coast uh, in, in the U.S. or just lived in the U.S. in general, because obviously Adaptivist is headquartered in England. So for me, it was reaching out to people in different departments and seeing what they did and kind of, you know, how the entire company worked. Well, for me, it was, was a big benefit. In your own words, how would you say Adaptivist shaped your career? Well, it shaped my career, obviously, in getting into the Atlassian ecosystem, right? My current job at Gliffy, we are, I'm biased to say this, but you know, Gliffy is an amazing add-on for Confluence, right? I would say it's the best, but everyone's going to know that I'm biased saying that. Um, but it's pretty awesome, pretty amazing product, right? But to answer your question, I mean, obviously, getting into Atlassian, right? Selling Atlassian products, selling Jira, selling Confluence understanding why the customers use it you know why is this tool so important a lot of people spend a lot of money on these products and they don't just spend it because they just love spending money it's actually the opposite they don't like spending money when they don't need to so these products are really important to them i learned a lot about that when, when COVID first hit a lot of the retail accounts obviously because retail stores were closed you know they had to cut budgets and the first thing you're going to look to cutting is really expensive things you don't need right so talking to them, you know, Jira, Confluence, those were mission critical for them, you know, to keep the lights on, so to speak. You know, I got to learn firsthand, like how important the software was for their day-to-day, -day, you know, how even if they wanted to cut these products out of their life, they would think about it and they tried, but they couldn't do it, right? Because the, the, the counter to that was all these systems and processes then didn't work, right? It didn't work for their company if they just said, oh, we're just not going to pay at lasting, we're just not going to pay adaptivists to renew our licenses. It'll be fine. No, they learned it was not fine. So that was the one thing that I, I got to learn is how important these products are. And obviously now on the Glyphy side, seeing it from our customers currently, how important it is using our product, how important it is to use these products in the Atlassian marketplace. You know, for some of these companies, it is, it is really critical to what they do every day. And I don't put that lightly. I'm not being dramatic. Like if these, if, if these products went away, it would be a very big hassle. It would be a very big annoyance at the minimum for some of these people to do their day-to-day -day jobs. Um, for, for me, obviously, it would be devastating because I'd be out of a job overnight. So, so it, it all works into, into you know, being inside the Atlassian world. And for me, you know, how exciting and how interesting it's been over these past five years for me. As a, a lead of business development, as a as someone who is actively engaging decision makers, you are often forced to to work with their biases, their 
that you have to deal with the decision maker, right? But how does the end user of the product factor into your thinking when you're approaching these decision makers? Yeah, so that was the thing I learned, obviously, at every role. That was the thing I learned at Adaptivist is try to get to the end user, try to get to the person physically using the software immediately. I'm not saying the admin uh, is not important because they obviously are, but the people physically using the software day in and day out, to me, are, are critical, right? So the first one of the first things I did when I got to Glippy is I wanted to talk to people who are using the product day in, day out. I wanted to know what they liked about it, what were their favorite features, how important it was to their job, and things that they wanted to be changed, right? Like I'm, as, as, as everyone who can listen can vouch for it, you know, there's products that you love and sometimes the products that you love, you're most critical of them. I know I certainly am of products that I use every day. I'm very critical of them because, because we use them, we love them, you know, pay for them. I want them to get better, right? Those are exactly the types of people that I spoke to immediately uh, when I joined Gliffy. It's people who love using the product, who wanted the product to get better. I wanted to hear their feedback. Obviously, talking to admins, again, is very important, right? Um, but for me, it was reaching out to kind of what I always call kind of the power users, you know, the people who actually use it every day. To me, like their opinion is exactly the opinion that, that I want to hear and kind of talk about more. They probably have a wish list of features that they'd like to see in it too, right? So it might be good to steal their ideas. <laughs> of course. I mean, we we had a number of calls with people where they actually physically did give us a wish list and I would write down their wish list. Um, and all the feedback for me, honestly, is, is all really interesting, you know, thoughtful creativeness. I would joke with a lot of people like, oh, we should hire you, you know, ha ha ha. <laughs> that actually kind of wasn't a joke because it was like, yeah, if we had an unlimited budget, I would just hire all these people, right? But uh, <laughs> or, or tell my boss to. But no, that's that is exactly the type of feedback that that I think every company needs, right? You need to hear from your top users. You need you need to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? You mm. need to hear what can be done better. You need to hear what the pain points are, but you also need to hear, obviously, what is it about it that, that you love and you stick with the product, right? And that type of feedback, I think, for, for any team, you know, Adaptivist, Glyphy, Atlassian, that's the most important feedback, in my opinion, that, that they can receive. With you building relationships across team silos, you're way better positioned to hand that feedback and make it actionable in an impactful way to those customers who are ultimately responsible for championing your product in their companies. Yeah, exactly. You know, Atlassian, and I don't care if you're talking about Gliffy or Script Runner or any product, it's it's not just for, you know, it's not just for the sales team, right? It's not just for the marketing team. It's not just for DevOps. Now, some of these add-ons are more geared towards, let's say, DevOps or sales or marketing, but everyone can use this product, right? And I think that's where Atlassian it's really kind of shined through over the past couple of years. It's, hey, this tool, Jira, Confluence, this is for your entire company. This is not just for select people. The same thing with an add-on such as Glippy, it's for everybody. It is not just for you know a singular department. It's not siloed off. Um, and I think when we talk to customers, I think everyone kind of realizes that, right? But it's also my job to show it to different parts of the company, right? It's part of our marketing team's job to kind of, you know, give, give that, uh, give that, message out to everyone as well and for our product team to kind of execute on the feedback that they get from our customers so it all it all works together you know for everyone to try to make the best product that that we can make absolutely all right andy so don't don't give us anything that's you know confidential or top secret okay but tell us a little bit about how you're leading the team at gliffy how the experiences that you've taken from uh your career so far and especially at adaptivist 
and you're now leading teams. Tell us about how you're doing things a little differently. What are you doing there? Yeah, well, I think the the different thing is that I came from the Atlassian partner world, right? And everyone at Gliffy either came from, you know, all different departments, the, the product team, marketing, like no one has kind of the, the partner background that I do. Um, and it's it's very unique, right, to Atlassian in terms of the marketplace, right? Partners make up a huge part of our sales, right? They make up a huge part of the, the selling of our product, right? So me coming over from Adaptivist, I've always tried to discuss like what the partners do, how they talk to customers. Um, every partner is a little bit different in their own way, right? Um, but but for me, I always draw on the experience of of what I did at Adaptivist. You know what separates add-ons from add-ons. You know what you know what actually physically makes me talk to a customer. You know about an add-on. Um, kind of the pain points that customers have, or is it just someone who's like, I don't know, give me a diagramming tool, you pick, you know, like sometimes, sometimes it was like that. Other times, you know, the customer would have very specific needs for what they wanted. Other times they would physically tell you what they wanted to buy. So I think at Gliffy, obviously, I think, you know, the big role for me is, is, is kind of shining through my experience working at Adaptivist, working as a partner for four and a half years and kind of working with, with every partner in the Atlassian ecosystem, right? They're all, they're all different. They're all important. They're all from all over the world. They all have completely, you know, some customers overlap. Um, some of them are, are very specific to each vertical that they kind of go after. But it's 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 for me, it's always drawing on the fact that, you know, I came from working in a partner, right? I, I think I know what some partners, you know, like, what some partners want to do, the customer interaction. So I think those are at least my, my goal anyways, is to, to bring my experience working as a partner to to Gliffy. And it sounds like a really unique experience compared to other people in the company. So that's great. On that note, if you were to speak to somebody who was thinking about jumping into tech account management or sales, what advice would you give them? Yeah, so I've thought about uh, this question a lot. I, I had a great mentor when I first got hired for my first job out of college. He had about 20 years in the business. I would just follow and watch him and listen to him. I don't mean that in like a stalker way, but I would just listen to how he talked sure. to customers, both good and bad, right? I got to just kind of overhear conversations that he'd have with them when things are going right, things are going wrong. You know, it's one thing to look good when everything's going right. Um, but as I mentioned at the start, you know, I got hired February 2008. And from that moment on, everything, every month, March, April, May, June, July, everything always seemed to get worse and worse. And it was just me just honestly watching him, seeing how he interacted with customers, seeing how he did his day-to-day, -day, seeing how he was an actual professional. Because honestly, I was a 22-year-old kind of punk kid. I kind of thought I knew everything. I thought I had all the answers, right? I just graduated from college. I was, you know, I thought I was really smart. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't know really anything. I got to watch a great mentor to me. Uh, he was my boss for two and a half years. Uh, he was excellent. He probably did things that he wasn't even aware that either I was watching or taking notes, right? So I think for anyone starting off in tech or starting off in sales or just starting your career in general, um, if you can have a great mentor or someone to look up to or someone to follow for a while, I think those lessons are, are really valuable. And I mean, he hasn't, he probably has no idea that I've, I felt this way, um, but I took things that he did for years and years and I still take things that he did to my current current day-to-day -day job of, I would just watch him you know, and I would just learn how to actually, how, you know, how being a real professional is. And that's in any field, it's in tech, 
it's in you know teaching, it's in medicine, any field. If you've got a great mentor when you start off, especially when you're young like I was, that is a really valuable thing to have. So I would recommend the people you know, starting off in a new field, starting off in tech, try to find someone you look up to, try to find someone you're like, that's who I want to be one day, right? I know it's not always easy to do. Sometimes it can be pretty awkward, right? Um, but if you can do that, I, I think that's going to really shape the rest of your career in a really positive way. Definitely. Always good to have someone that inspires you. And also someone that could maybe show you the ropes as well, especially when you're at that very early stage of your career. Yeah, he definitely told me a few times to uh, either shut up or listen or, hey, you're not as smart as you think you are. <laughs> and I definitely needed that. I think everyone, I don't want to say everyone, but a lot of people definitely need that. Um, mostly mostly guys graduating when they're 22. But uh, yeah, a lot of people need to be kind of uh, told that once in a while. And that was really valuable for me. Uh, all right. So if I'm hearing you correctly, the the advice ultimately is find an awesome mentor and don't stalk them. Really just make them uh, not be aware that you're stalking them. I think that's <laughs> a good thing. I mean, our our cubicles are right next to each other. So it was pretty easy for me to listen in on conversations. Uh, <laughs> Andy, what do we have to look forward to from Gliffy in the coming months? It's going to be really exciting. We've got a number of features that we are rolling out. The big thing, obviously, with Atlassian is the cloud migration, right? Moving from server to data center or cloud. We've got a number of tools that help our customers do that. Uh, Again, new features being rolled out is going to be excellent. Helping all of our clients who are on server get to data center or cloud in a fast, easy way is something that I talk about every day with customers. It's an exciting time to be to be at Gliffy because of those reasons, right? The product is is wonderful. The product is great. We have a great product team led by his name is Charlie. Our marketing team is excellent, uh, led by Sammy. Uh, our tech support is amazing led by Trish. I mean, you you ask us a question, you get a response within a day. Um, it's the whole team at Glyphby is is working together to make sure that you know we don't leave any server customer behind who who just wants to be on server forever. There, there are some people who are who are gonna want to, you know, test the waters and see how long they can get away with, but the 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 cloud version is amazing. I mean, and the data center um has has always been really good. So I think for me. You know, seeing our customers move to data center and cloud, you know, that's a big thing that we'll be talking about in the next year, year and a half. But just the product that we have just keeps getting better. Nice. Awesome. All right. Anything else we should hit hit up before we we wrap it? I do want to say that it was, I hope this, I think it shined through in this, but for my four and a half years at Adaptivist was an amazing experience. It was a time in my life where um, obviously when COVID hit, there was a lot of uncertainty in the world. Uh, working there was amazing. The, the, the people there were were great. But you know, time in my life where you know my son was born a year and a half ago. You know, taking time off at Adaptivist was HR team made it really great and easy. I always wanted to thank them for that. Um, it was it was an excellent experience. You know, I wouldn't have have left unless the opportunity at Gliffy you know was amazing. And I think for anyone who's listening to this, if you're ever thinking of joining a partner or ever thinking of you know, well, I kind of want to get into tech. I think you should definitely, uh, obviously, look at Gliffy and adapt to this as, as two places that you should definitely send your resume to. Good save. Good save. Good save. <laughs> Andy, it is such a pleasure to catch up with you and to see that you're doing so well. Congratulations on the your your journey and the and all the best to you with tremendous success in the years to come at Gliffy. I know that we'll be partners for a long time, and it's uh, wonderful to know. So thank you again for showing up and being part of today's episode. 
Yeah, this is great. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. And Elena, wonderful as always to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Ryan. Thanks. It's been fun. We'll do this again real soon, I hope. I hope so. And to you listeners, thank you all so much. We appreciate it. Make sure that you like and share this podcast and maybe review it wherever podcasts are liked, shared, and reviewed. And connect with us on social at Adaptivist. So until next time, this is Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you again on Team Titans.